ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either. You are listening to Ratchet and Respectable with Demetria L. Lucas. Sorry about earlier this week, actually recording this episode on Friday at 2.28 p.m., but I am back in L.A. I got back on Tuesday. I didn't really make a big announcement about being back because I needed to like decompress for a couple days. I've learned from previous times when I've um, run off for long periods of time that like as soon as people hear that I'm back, everyone starts to call and text all at the same time. And it's just very overwhelming. Like I need a couple days to decompress, especially when I'm fresh off like a, a 22 hour journey home. I think it's six hours from Ghana to my layover in Amsterdam and then 10 hours from Amsterdam to LA. So even one of my friends was like, oh, I'll pick you up from the airport. And I was like, nope, I'm good. I'm good. Love that friend to death. But I've learned my lesson with people picking me up from the airport. And I so appreciate it because like with LAX, it's just a pain in the ass to get to and the traffic is always trash. But two times I've had people pick me up from the airport. And both of those times people wanted to make like detours on the way home. I either just got off like, you know, a long ass flight or I've been gone forever in a day and I just want to go home. And also I don't feel like holding conversation. So I was like, let me just order a car service. Let me get a nice Uber black from LAX. I'm not getting on the shuttle to go to the Uber parking lot and then wait another 30 minutes for an Uber. That's not happening. So I pay extra for the UberX to come pick me up. So I don't have to speak beyond basic pleasantries and let me just carry myself home. But my luggage, at least not all of it, did not make it back to LA with me. It was delayed for a couple days. So I have my clothes and my good bags. And obviously, like I, I pack with my, um, with my laptop and my camera and my, you know, more expensive electronics, like on my person and my jewelry, obviously. But I have my microphone and my recording equipment in the bag that got lost. Yeah, when I got back on Tuesday, I was like, um, I need to record this podcast episode and could not. I guess I could have recorded it in Ghana before I left and just edited it. And I had actually planned to. Like I'd gone up on the rooftop and I'd, you know, taken my equipment and British Bay hit me and was like, what time does your flight leave? He was like, I want to see you before you go. And we'd hung out like the day before for a really long time. He'd come by on, on Sunday, which was, you know, technically my last night in Ghana. But, um, you know, he took off work early to come hang out with me before I had to um, go to the airport. So, you know, record a podcast episode or, you know, spend my last couple hours in Ghana hanging out with my, I don't know, my British bag. There's no title on it. Like we were just dating while I was there. But yeah, so I was like, I'm actually going to hang out with him. So there's a liquor store not so far from my building and it has a little bakery next door. So we got like an Oreo cheesecake and another bottle of Rosé Prosecco. I had one in the house that I hadn't finished yet. So we just got like a new bottle and we hung out. And then my friend Will, um, who I was running around Ghana with, I've known Will like forever and a day. He was actually a producer on Blood, Sweat and Heels. But when I got over to Ghana and started posting, Will was like, yo, I'm here too. So I spent a good chunk of my trip hanging out with him. So British Bay and Will on the roof, drinking, eating cheesecake, talking shit. That's how I spent my last few hours in Ghana as opposed to recording the new podcast episode. So please forgive me. I think you probably do the same given those circumstances. So 
I just knew I was going to be able to record when I got back. Like there was no scenario in my head that was like, oh, my bags are not going to arrive. And I didn't even really think about it. Like, when I got to LAX, like my name came over the loudspeaker when I got to baggage claim. They were like, come to, you know, whatever office. And they told me that my bag didn't make it. And I got all the way home and like was about to sit down to record and was like, wait, where's my microphone? And remembered it was in the other bag. Womp womp. I could have ran out and got a new microphone. I have a backup one now. So I have like a different microphone for travel and for the house. I did, however, send out like a bunch of merch. There'd been um, a bunch of orders that came through while I was gone. And my, my backup plan to send them out while I was gone fell through. Everyone who did order Ratchet and Respectable merchandise or Don't Waste Your Pretty merchandise, that's still on the site as well. But any of those orders that people made while I was gone, um, those shipped the day I got back. You should actually have them by now. Everything goes out priorities. Usually takes no more than three days to get to the East Coast. So you should be good. I also did re-ups on the site for the Ratchet and Respectable logo hoodies. So if you wanted a logo hoodie, those sold out like really fast. But there's some of every size currently on the site. I haven't officially mentioned it on Instagram or social media yet. I just put it in my stories. So some people know, but everybody doesn't know. But there's a drop coming next week. I told you there was new merchandise. There's black and gold Ratchet and Respectable merch coming. And then Shut the Fuck Up is free. That's in a new colorway. That's black, white, and green. And then um, Feminist Lips and Ratchet Hips, which essentially another way of saying Ratchet and Respectable. That's just in black and white, and those are hoodies and tees. So that merch is dropping next week in addition to the other restocks of sizes from previous merch. All, the only thing that's not is the um, the pink and red, shut the fuck up, is free. I didn't redo those. I just did them in the black, white, and green. So the pink and red is done. But the white and gold and the crew necks and the hoodies um, and the tees, all of those are restocked as well. And then interested men act interested and cut the check. Those are still available in all sizes. I want to say in tees, crewnecks, and hoodies. So if you want any of um, the merch that I just told you is restocked and on the site, I would suggest you go get it like expeditiously before I make the announcement on my Instagram. Um, so you can get your stuff in the sizes that you want. Because I don't know when there's going to be another restock or even another merch drop. I'm rethinking like a lot of things, work especially. I'm rethinking a lot of life. I was in Ghana for like a a month and I didn't want to leave. I came back because I had some work things that I wanted to do. There's a specific project that I I had to be in LA to do. Now that I'm working on it, I was like, I could have stayed in Ghana and done this, but that's fine. I needed to come back and like, you know, tie up some loose ends. But one of the things that I realized while staying in Ghana for that long was, one, I, I want to live in Ghana. I already thought I wanted to before I went. Like, I, I went specifically with the idea of, like, finding a place to live and, you know, lining up, you know, drivers and um, house um, staff and, and all of those things. I've had this move in my head for a while. Had COVID not happened, I, my plan was to move in, in 2020, to be quite honest with you. I don't know if I said it on here, but, like, all my friends... But all my friends knew, like me and um, Davida, who, um, you know, I was over, who I usually go to Ghana with, like she bought a house over there and she was like, you know, it's got three bedrooms. And I was like, then I'll be living in one of them. Thanks. So it was already in the works. And then, you know, COVID happened and her house is still not finished being built because, again, COVID happened. So that was, you know, heavily postponed. But like now it's like back in the works. 
In my perfect world, I had planned to move like much later this year, uh, but I think I'm going to move earlier. I got home from the airport and, and I walked in my loft. My first thought was, why am I here? <laughs> and I've never thought that before, like bopping around. Like I've talked about like how L.A. is not necessarily a place that's a 10 for me. Like it's comfortable and I like it. I like being here. I like the weather. I like my friends. But it's, it's just okay. It's never really bad, but it's never really, you know, great and mind-blowing either. Like, it's just, it's okay. But usually when I get home from somewhere else, like, I'm happy to be in my home. Like, you know, it's my home. It's my stuff and whatever. Um, but I was, one, like, why am I here? And then, two, like, I was looking around and I was like, why is everything so cluttered? Like, why do I have so much stuff? I mean, I was in Ghana for, like, that month and I'm... One, traveling with like, you know, two bags of, of clothes. And I've got like, I don't know, maybe like I had five or six pair of shoes. I didn't even wear every pair of shoes I had. And I didn't wear, I think I took like maybe like 13 or 14 outfits. And I didn't even wear them all. Like I washed my clothes on like three separate occasions to like, you know, reset my wardrobe. I didn't even use everything that I took with me. And just even in terms of toiletries or, or makeup, like I took my, you know, all my makeup because I was like, oh, we'll be going out and we'll be going to parties and clubs and restaurants and dinners and meeting people. And I just want to look presentable. And the whole time I was there, I never put on a strip last and never filled in my eyebrows. I think I might have put on eyeliner and mascara like the first time I hung out with British Bay. But other than that, nope, you got a bare face the whole time. But I was like, why do I have so much stuff? And like I've spent the last couple of days like going around my apartment, like cleaning out my closet. I don't know, like all these knickknacks and stuff. Like I have all these candles or just like random things, books, magazines, like all neatly stacked and all that. But I'm like, I'm, I'm like getting rid of all of it. Like I have bags and bags of stuff that are going to Goodwill. And I'm doing the same with like my closets, my purses, like all of that stuff, like a good chunk of it. I'm like getting rid of. I just, I don't know. I don't want so much stuff. I don't need it. And even in like thinking about like what to do with my place, like I had this idea that I was going to keep my place here and then also, um, you know, have my apartment in Ghana. And after like my reaction to like walking into my apartment the other day, I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm, I'm not keeping this place. I'm not going to hold on to it. It's not a 10. So what am I holding on to it for? I'll put the, the stuff that I'm not, you know, giving away or donating or I'll, I'll put it in storage or I'll ship it back to Maryland and, you know, put it in my parents' basement again. I don't know. I think I was making like all these big plans for like, okay, so I'm going to do Ghana for like six months and then I want to like do another country and then I'll be back. I'll only be gone a year. And then, I don't know, after being in Ghana, I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I should make plans to come back. Like, I think I should just go live. And, you know, in the same way that like I came to L.A. and I knew when I was done with L.A., I feel like I'll go to Ghana and then I'll just I'll know when I'm done being in Ghana or any other country that I decide to like live in because Ghana's not the only one on my list. I'll know when it's time to come back. And then that's what I'll do. Also, I think I should be like transparent because I know sometimes people listen to this shit and be like, Demetri, you've lost your mind. Have I? Or have I found it? But while I was gone, one of my cousins passed away. He was actually married in, but married in for like 20 years. So like officially like a cousin. But it was my first cousin's husband. And he passed away um, in December. And then... His wife, my cousin, she passed away the day after I got back. And she was like, I'm 42. Which means her sister is 62. I want to say she was like 59, maybe 60, which at one point sounded like very, very old, but ain't at all. 
still young and still um, the potential to be vibrant, but she passed away. Um, so she and her husband passed when like three weeks to the day apart. And they have a 25 year old kid, my cousin, who actually lives here in California about an hour from me. And so I was just thinking about like Ghana and like when I've been talking about it, people are like, like, oh, my God, you're going to move to Ghana. And like, why now? And like, can't you wait? And like, what about work stuff? What about the books? What about the TV stuff? What about this? What about that? And there's this idea that it's not the feeling of invincibility that you might have as a teenager, but I think there's an idea that people just think that there's always more time. And maybe there is, maybe there isn't. Like I, I hear people a lot of times talk about like, well, you know, I'm working now. And then like when I retire, I'll travel and I'll do this and I'll do that. And like, what if you don't make it to retirement? What if you get some health issue? What if you, I don't know, what if you aneurysm stroke? I know two different women whose husbands had aneurysms like in their early, mid thirties. Actually, I think both of them actually like died at weddings now that I think about it. They don't know each other. I should probably introduce them. But yeah, like, you know, they thought they had forever to like build memories and have kids and travel and do all of those things. And, you know, they didn't like tomorrow is really just not promised. So I'm I'm not putting off until whenever to do what I want to do like today. I don't know. Sometimes I think that like I try to be like too responsible And even my father, who's probably the person that like, you know, drilled responsibility into me, like every once in a while, he'll be like, you don't have like a husband or kids go live. Like, what are you being safe for? I think, you know, he was cool with saying that when I was moving to California, because it's like L.A. Like, all right, like you can get on a plane and come home. I think he might probably be regretting that. (laughs) Now that I'm talking about moving to Ghana and I think he was like, okay, like you move across the country, move across the Atlantic. I've lived across the Atlantic before. I imagine they were probably panicked then too. They just didn't say it, but you know. So I'm here trying to um to wrap up <laughs> loose ends. The only thing that I'm kind of sure about, and that's not 100%, is keeping the podcast. It may or may not be twice a week. I'm having that conversation next week with my production company. Um, so we'll see. I'm very determined to live at my version of a 10 and cross off my bucket list items of of life and you know the move to Ghana and living on the continent for whatever period of time that I choose to it was it was a year it may be longer that's what I'm committed to doing so that's that what else is going on there's so much going on especially since we missed Tuesday rest in peace to Andre Leon Talley that was an unexpected passing not that anyone's passing is is really expected but you know with like, you know, Betty White and, and Sidney Poitier, you're talking about people who are in their 90s, like they've lived like these very long lives. Andre Leon Talley, I believe he's in his like mid 70s, which is not like an old man. I mean, 70 something is old, but I mean, I don't know, like my dad's 80. Like I, I feel if my dad like died tomorrow, he, like it would be a very cut short life, even at 80. And he's done like, you know, so much stuff, but still like there's so much life to be lived. You know, now that I'm talking about moving to Ghana, um, my dad, who, you know, previously was like, oh, these plane rides so far, so long. Now he was like, well, I guess I got to, you know, see some Ghana. He's actually been to Ghana before. My mom's never been on the continent. But, you know, now that I'm talking about moving, they're just like, well, I guess we got to come to Ghana. Are there places for us to stay? Yes, there are lovely places for you to stay, parents. Also, too, like Andre Leon Talley was such a larger than life sort of sort of figure. I mean, he was imposing in size, 
but also, you know, he had a flair for the dramatic. You know, he loved his um his caftans and his capes and his and his and his Louis Vuitton down. Andre Leon Talley has his own documentary, but if you've seen oh, what is it called? The September issue. Andre is prominently featured in the film. He was still in vogue at the time. There's some clip of like he and Anna, I wanna say like they're playing tennis. Or maybe Andre's playing tennis. Maybe they're not playing tennis together. Maybe it's just him playing tennis. But he's like, you know, Louis Vuitton down playing tennis and I was like this extra man here he's so extra or is that in his documentary now I can't remember but you should watch both the September issue is an absolutely fascinating film documentary um but Andre Leon Talley's is is really really good as well it gives you a good sense of who he is and I've read like I don't think I read his second book I read his first book I didn't read the the chiffon trenches we talked about it on here though but that's you know, post his friendship breakup with Anna Wintour and his sort of ousting from Vogue, where he just, you know, sort of went in on everybody. And we talked about it on here. I was actually, um, for a book I didn't read, pretty critical, I think, of um, some of the things that, some of the excerpts, at least, that were discussed from the book. He struck me as, just based on the stuff that he was talking about, I don't know, like, I got the sense that he got really caught up being in fashion and and may have lost like a sense of himself. And I will also say that in the wake of his passing and seeing all the, um, you know, like the tributes that are being written about him by his friends. I don't think I realized how close he was with Naomi Campbell. I knew he was good friends with Tamron Hall. Like she pops up a lot in, um, in his documentary. I think Kimora did um, a nice like write up about him. Some other people as well, especially like young black designers, would talk about how um, how he impacted their lives, like took them under their wing and, and guided them or introduced them. One of my really good friends, I call her Blondie. We used to work at Essence together. She did beauty, I think, but she may have started off in fashion. But she talked about, you know, Andre Leon Talley, like guiding her. And I was like, I've hung out with you on 50 million occasions. You have never mentioned this to me. So I think maybe he was, you know, perhaps caught up a little bit being the 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 black face in a in a very white world. I don't think he ever forgot he was black. I don't think he ever forgot to try to help black folk. That was that's a perspective I wasn't privy to um until like I'm reading all these for lack of a better word, eulogies or tributes is probably a better word about his passing. I will say this, I when I heard of his passing, I got home from the airport and I did some work and I'm like extremely jet lagged. Like I'm, I'm going to bed at like eight o'clock every night and waking up at like three in the morning. It's bad. But I went to bed at like eight or nine o'clock and then I woke up at 2.30 a.m. And like all these texts and all these DMs like, oh, my God, Andre Leon Talley. And I was like, is it his birthday? And I was like, he died. What do you mean he died? Like he died. I said in a hospital in New York, no word on of what? I saw, um, you know, some speculation of what it might be, but it's just speculation, so it's, I won't repeat. But when I, I read that he died, like, the first thing I did was go to Vogue. Because I was like, that's like, you know, the most prominent publication. Like, when you think of Andre Leon Talley, I mean, you think icon, and then you think Vogue. And he's largely an icon because of his time at Vogue. And Vogue had nothing. From what I saw, Vogue didn't release a statement about him until noon. 
Like everyone and their mother was covering the story by East Coast morning, but Vogue took their sweet time. And I was like, I mean, I know you, I know he had a public falling out with, with the magazine. I know he had a public falling out with Anna Wintour, but like he was a fashion icon from your publication. I was like, y'all about to fuck this up. Like, um, you know, Queen Elizabeth and and Lady Di. Like, I know she had, I know y'all fell out and shit, but like, you know, she's popular because of y'all. You got to say something in good taste and in good timing. Vogue took their sweet time having something to say. I'm like, come on, y'all. Do better. Do better. Also, um, and I know nothing. I know absolutely nothing. I have no inside scoop and I have not called around asking for one. But I, I, I wonder about his final days. I, don't, I told y'all I'm having weird reactions to this, right? Because the last story we heard about Andre Leon Talley, which was less than a year ago, I would say, was he was having this dispute with the owners of his home. I think he was under the belief that he was the owner of, his, of the home. But the owners of the home who were, you know, on, on legal record, I think, as being said owners, they had an agreement that Andre said existed that the owners were choosing not to honor some such. It was a big debacle, um, but they were trying to evict him from the home that he had lived in and maintained for like the better part of 20 years. And it was like, yo, like he's he's an older man, like he's not working full time. I don't know what his retirement you know, fund was looking like, but it came to light when this story was rolling out that like Andre hadn't really made like the money you would think as someone who was so prominent in the fashion world. Like he got a lot of free shit. He went to a lot of fancy places on the company dime or, or the dime of friendship or the, you know, hookups or connects or whatever. Like he lived a big full life, but a lot of it was comped. When you started talking numbers, it didn't really seem like he had the finance, the finances that backed up the lifestyles. And I felt so bad at the time because I was like 70 some odd years old trying to figure out where you're going to live. That's it's too much. It's too much. It's too much. So I hope that his his final days were were restful and happy. And Naomi Campbell and her tribute to him, she wrote about him coming to or inviting him to Nigeria. And he did arrive. Um, and she said, everyone said that he wasn't going to come. And she talked about him arriving in a wheelchair. And I was like, wait, what? Like, what was his health situation? Not that it's any of our business. Like, I don't, I don't know the man. I don't know. I just hope his, um, his final days were, were happy and they were peaceful. And then he wasn't like stressed the fuck out because like, I don't know, like I'm reading these tributes of how many people were impacted just by his presence as, as a black man in fashion, as a, I don't know if he ever declared himself gay. I think it was assumed he was a gay man. I can't think of a time when he made a declarative statement about his sexuality. I could just not be aware of it, but I don't remember anything about like, you know, him having a partner or a friend or a lover, any of that. But, but so many people were inspired by him again, as a a black person in fashion, as a black man in fashion, as a black gay man in fashion who opened doors a lot of doors for other black folks in fashion and was a good friend to a lot of people. Just reading those tributes, like one after the next, you know, I always talk about how, like, you know, you can tell a lot about how people live by their tributes. I say this every time somebody major dies, like, cause there are people who die and ain't no tributes. He seemed like he was a, he was a good person who, you know, 
looked out for folk. So I hope that in his final days, he, you know, was treated well and, and lived comfortably. And in that hospital in New York where they talk about him passing, I hope that he wasn't alone. What else is on the agenda? I feel like this episode is so heavy right now. We've had so much conversation about death. Jesus. Let's see. There's really not a bunch of stuff that's interesting that I really want to talk about. There's like petty shit. Nothing of like extreme interest to me. I saw This Is Us is back. It came out while I was in Ghana. Like two episodes aired and I didn't even know the show was on. I saw everybody talking about Deja and I was like, who's Deja? But I recapped like the first three episodes that have aired. I told you I'd be waking up at like three o'clock in the morning. I refused to just be on my laptop at 3 a.m. just to be on it. Um, just to, like actual work. So I started watching This Is Us, and so I like I recapped those first three episodes. So if you're looking for recaps, I'm not going to rehash them here because I talked about them on on my social media. But yeah, Deja Wildin. What's the other show? Um, the New Sex in the City. I started doing those recaps. I kept doing those recaps when I was in Ghana. I made a point to like you know go find my sites to um to watch because that's like my favorite show right now. The new one just came out yesterday, and I put up a recap of that earlier today on my Instagram. So if you're interested in in the new sex in the city, i.e. and just like that, there's a very robust conversation going on on uh, my Instagram and my Facebook page if you'd like to join in. We're having much discussion about Miranda wanting more and how do you get that as, as a married woman? Because I think her situation is probably not so uncommon in which you've been married to somebody for a very long time and you guys want different things. You know, what do you do with that? In the case of Miranda and Steve, Miranda's like, I want more than this life. The routine of it all is is not working for me. And Steve was like, I, I'm happy. I like this life. We finally found a routine. And like, you know, I'm, I like this. And Miranda doesn't. So it's like, well, what do you do in that situation? People are just like, oh, she's so selfish. And, you know, she's built a life and she made a commitment and and all of that. And I'm like, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. I do. But then I'm also like, but what is she supposed to do? Like just like be unhappy perpetually? Like I understand there's ups and downs and there's phases of unhappiness, but like she's been unhappy for a really long time and there's nothing on the horizon, at least within her marriage, for her not to be unhappy. So like what what do you do with that? Sorry if you can hear the sirens. I'm I'm back in LA. Like it is what it is. I live downtown. So very robust discussion if you want to join that on um on Instagram or on my Facebook page. I'm still not up to date on Trey Songs and um, his rape charges. My bad. That's like a really serious subject. And that's not something I feel comfortable winging. I know there's at least one new woman that says like, you know, this is what happened. And Trey Songs is like, I didn't do it. I'm not really sure where that's going to go. But I want to actually like research that instead of just like speaking offhand about it. Oh, Kanye West. That's worth talking about. He's lost his goddamn mind. I, actually, I should be less flippant when I say that because he is known to have um, some mental issues. I think he's been diagnosed as bipolar. Can I say he's off his meds? Is that like PC to say? Can I say that he's being an asshole? Is that fair? Because I mean, off his meds, like I don't really know if he is or not, whatever. And you can also be like on your meds and still be like a complete douche. Whether he's on his meds or off his meds, he's being a complete fucking douche right now. The latest drama is he's acting like a fucking D-list reality star. He's like going on social media, blasting his wife or his his estranged wife. At first it was, he wanted to, I guess he was with North. 
yeah, that's the story. North said she wanted to show him something in the house, in her room or something like that. So he went to the house and security wouldn't let him in. I think he did some interview with Hollywood Unlocked. I love that dude, by the way. The business acumen, the business of it all. Jason, I love that dude. I think in in Kanye's sit down with him, Kanye was like, yeah, like I, I wanted to go in the house and security wouldn't let me. And he's, you know, venting to a blog or a podcast about this. And I was like, are you serious right now? One, why are you airing this laundry? Like, again, like a D-list celebrity. Like, what are you promoting right now? You just going out to just, you just want a platform to just talk your shit about your estranged wife? I don't understand why he would think he would be allowed in the house. You don't live there anymore. Like, you can't just pop up whenever you want to pop up. Like, okay, yes, I know you used to live there, but you no longer live there. Like, I lived in my previous apartment for 15 years. My ex-husband currently lives in the apartment. I let him have it because I wanted out from him and away from him as as quickly as possible. It was a very volatile situation. Like, keep the shit and everything in it. But like, yes, I used to live there, but I can't just pop up there now and expect to go inside. Like, that's crazy. Kid or no kid, that's crazy. You don't live there. There's like a huge entitlement issue there. And then one of his children, Shy, I don't know if Shy is a boy or a girl, Chicago. I honestly don't know. I mean, one of the kids is named North. I I honestly don't know. It was Chicago's birthday. Apparently nobody told Kanye where the party was. And what we learned later is that Kanye was planning his own party. So there was really no need for him to be at the first party. And yet, and still he goes on social media and he's ranting that like his child is having a birthday party and no one told him where the party is. And he had to call what Travis Scott and ask him like where the birthday party was. But it's like you do all this and you're painting your your ex-wife or your soon-to-be ex-wife as this like woman who's trying to like separate you from your children, keep you from your kids. And and then like, I don't know, less than an hour later, there's a video of you at the party. What? And then it came out. You were doing a separate party and you were never supposed to come to the first party, which is why you didn't have the address to the first party. And and let's add this in too, right? Like, okay, you get in the studio and you like talk your shit. It's late night. You're trying to get it off your chest. Artistic expression. I get all of that, right? There's drafts of shit that I've written that could never see the light of day, right? But you make this song and you release it about beating her, her new dude's ass. Something about like you, you survived that crash that basically launched your career through the wire. You actually had a wire in your mouth from the crash. Okay. But you're like, I basically, I survived the crash so I could beat Pete Davidson's ass. Like you're talking about like assaulting somebody and you don't understand why you can't be let into the house and you weren't invited to the party. Really? And you don't understand why nobody wants to be bothered with you or be around you. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And isn't there some incident? Like, I'm not even fully versed on this. Like, there's a video of him, like, punching a fan. Somebody wanted a picture or an autograph. Kanye punched them. And I was like, bruh, you too far in your career to be laying hands on people. Like, where's your security? Isn't this exactly what they're for? You about to get sued, sued, bruh. Like, what are you doing, bruh? Do you know? Let me be a hypocrite real quick. Everybody knew Kanye and Kim was going to be volatile. And when they got married, the running joke was, I can't wait for the album after he leaves Kim because that's going to be some shit. In my wildest dreams, I did not see him acting like this. I saw him making like another Runaway, which is one of my favorite albums. 
And it probably shouldn't be. Because, like, I love it, but I kind of think about, like, the person who's a, who, who it's about, Amber. It's actually, like, you know, some real, like, hostile, air-out shit. Like, you dated this woman, you paraded this woman, and then when this woman left you, you made a whole album about her, including a 30-minute video in which you portrayed her as a literal bird. Amber's got to hate his ass. Rightfully so. This shit he's doing to Kim, it's, it's the same thing. This, this, like, this professional trolling, blasting her and his music. He talked about wanting to beat Pete Davidson's ass, but he also talked about how Kim has the nannies raising their kids and it'd be better if they were raised by family. So, like, now you're making songs attacking her mothering. A month ago, you were begging for the woman back. Now that she won't come, you know, she's hot trash and you want to embarrass her on the internet. That whole, like, I'm going to move across the street from you under the guise of being closer to your kids. But, like, really, it's kind of stalkerish. Clearly, she don't want to be near you. She want to be away from you. And you go move across the street from her. Like, what are you doing? I'm not even the biggest Kim Kardashian fan. But just, like, as a woman, just watching what he's doing right now. And the whole time, you're with someone else publicly. Like, there was the woman you were living with in Malibu, the the black Victoria's Secret model, who we ain't heard nothing about this chick in a minute. Again, are you okay, sis? Where are you at, sis? Like, send a smoke signal, something. Let us know you good. But then, like, now you got, like, this new chick. I can remember Fox. I can't remember the girl's first name for nothing in the world. But now you got this new chick who you're with, who you're parading around, but you're making videos about your ex-wife and then making songs about, like, wanting to beat her new dude's ass and how she's a terrible mother. And I just wonder, like, you're one, you're spinning the fuck out. But, like, two, like, what do you hope to accomplish with this shit? And this new chick who's with him, I'm like, so you going to watch him drag the mother of his kids publicly and talk about him beating her new boyfriend and then him moving across the street from her. You think he's going to do you any better than how he does her? Have you seen this man's track record with his exes? Girl, you better take that wardrobe he bought you and get out while you can. You're not going to fare no better. And you don't have the media machine that the Kardashians do to fight back. This girl, when she leave Kanye, she ain't got no, she got what, a Twitter account? He gonna go for your jugular too, sis. See the pattern. Some folks got to learn the hard way. I guess Kim included. She saw how he did Amber and and she still was with it. So maybe I don't feel as bad for her as I thought. Hmm. Let me see. Is there anything else that's important for us to speak about right now that can't be held till next week? Nothing too pressing. Nick Cannon feels insecure about getting completely naked during sex. I swear for the Lord, I got to stop reading sex with Ashley. She got this website, Gossip and Gasms. You know Ashley, Ashley Cobb. She's been on here a couple times to talk about sexual filth. I mean, in a good way. But she she has this website, Gossip and Gasms, where she like updates folks on like the crazy sex stories of the day. And there's literally like at least three to four wild things that happen every day. I want to know where her Google alerts are like for... For this sort of information to keep coming up. I don't know. There's a four-part documentary about Bill Cosby. Oh, and the NAACP Awards. The nominations came out. I haven't even gone to look at them yet, to be quite honest with you. We'll get to that next week. Do you mind? I hope you don't. But in the meantime, as I like, you know, pull my life back together and get reacclimated to the United States. Thank you for bearing with me. I should be back on it by next week. I just need to be able to sleep through the, the night. I'm like half awake right now. These like four hours and five hours of sleep at these really ridiculous times is 
not really working for me. Again, if you haven't picked up your Ratchet and Respectable merchandise, please do. DemetriaLLucas.com. I told you that the new drop is coming next week. It's definitely coming next week. So prepare your wallets accordingly. And if you want, I told you like the logo merchandise. Um, I did the restock on the site. So pick that up while it is still in stock. That's not everything, but that's that's what I got right now. We will talk again next week. Pray for my sleep, y'all. I'm tired. All right. Talk soon. Bye.